This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioner? How's everybody doing? So we are, for the first time ever, and this is episode 50, episode 50. we are the first for the first time ever in all four podcasts talking about money. That's not true. You sure? Yeah, we talked about let's talk we talked about money on let's talk when we talked about the common purse or those who don't work won't eat. Yeah, but that was more theological in nature. We are actually talking about rule of life and how to manage money. Yes, that is right. That that this is a different kind of conversation. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, this will be the first kind of conversation like that. Yes, Um, we did talk about the common purse thing in our uh, politics series, Um, but like that was more economics rather than money. It was well. Which also, I guess yeah. they're kind of the same, but also they're different. They're similar, uh, and they play off of one another. They do play off of one another for sure. Um, yes, we are talking about money, which I'm sure is going to give a lot of people anxiety. Yeah, quite a bit of anxiety. Do not turn us off, please. Do not turn um, us off. And I will tell you, I'll be honest. Um. Actually, it's funny. Me and Cullen were literally just talking about money before we hit record. We were. We were. We were literally just talking about Now, we about both it. read this chapter and reviewed it in preparation for this. Yeah, but, but we were also talking about golf and yeah, how we expensive were. It, that yeah. is. Yeah, golf isn't a, a per capita. It's an expensive sport. But um, being vulnerable, uh, I think I've said it. You said it. I said it on, on less talk addiction. Uh, during yeah. process addiction. I had a therapist tell me that they believe I haven't pursued this in therapy. I got other stuff I got to pursue first. Um, but they told me that they think I have a work and money addiction. So this not a super easy conversation for me. And so Clayton prepped earlier today. So I'm actually going to let him guide the conversation quite a bit. Then can I have the book? Yep, go ahead. I had notes and everything yeah. and forgot my book. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Um, so I actually did really love this story that that he opens up with. Mm. Um, he's a good storyteller. He's a great storyteller. He's a good storyteller. And, and he just kind he's of... He's also a preacher. He, yeah. Which, well, if you're a preacher, you got to be a good storyteller. And if you're a preacher and to you're be not... A, to be a preacher that's worth a darn, I think yeah. that's probably true. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. If you're a preacher and you're not a good storyteller, maybe we can help you with that and work through some things with you. Um, but the, this whole story that you have here, and you should just go pick up the book and read it, yep. as we've been saying this entire time. Like, yep. But it really made me question... The first time um, I had an experience with earning money. Hmm. 
I remember mine. Tell your story. Uh, first time I had an experience with earning money, I helped my grandfather build something. Mm-hmm. And it took me three days, three 10 hour days of working with him. And he paid me $300, a hundred dollars a day. And I thought I was living high on the hog. <laughs> I was also like 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I was living high, living large yep. with my three, with my hundred dollars a day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that early on, you were making more than I was. Um, my first experience with making money was um, washing mom's truck. Oh. You remember the white Dodge? I remember the big white Dodge, Dodge Ram Mega Cab. Oh, man. Had the brown accented footer. They don't even make that truck anymore. They don't make anything like that truck Actually, anymore. Actually, they did make a mega cab. They a, did? For one year, a couple years ago. With it, the, the brown? Well, a lot. you can get Dodges with the trim on it all the time now. But oh. they did actually make a mega for a while, cab. They, discommun- they discontinued that. A couple that. years. Uh, they made it one year, a few years ago. It didn't perform well. It didn't make the cut the next go round. Yeah. Anyways, that was the truck that my mom drove, mm-hmm. um, and it's really funny because you guys saw her last week on Let's Talk. She's yep. a small lady. She's a very tiny woman. And this is a big truck. Oh, it's massive. <laughs> it is a big truck. I mean, the only thing that could possibly make it bigger is if it were a dually, yeah. which they did make. They did. And she thought of getting one. <laughs> she did. Um and little eight-year-old me mm. was out there washing it. Yeah. And what'd you make? One time washing it, what'd you make? 20 bucks. Oh. By myself. And at eight years old, it probably took you way more than two hours. Oh, eight years old, it took me probably four. Yeah, to make 20 bucks. Five bucks 20 an bucks. hour. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, mine was... But mom and dad didn't give us allowances either. We did not get allowance. Um, uh, actually, I remember having this conversation with my oh, father. Yes. Who's listening to this podcast. Yep. And he I remember will, asking he's my gonna dad. He's going to laugh. <laughs> I remember asking my dad for allowance. And he looked at me, dead butt, and said... Your allowance is that I allow you to live here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so if you wanted money, you had to ask for it for Christmas or your birthday and save it, or you had to work and make money. So I think about this all the I think about this all the time, honestly. Now, in our parents' defense, we didn't get an allowance, but nine times out of ten. If we needed money, they would give it to all us. All we had to do was ask and they would give it to us. And, and they would always make sure our needs were met. Oh, all yeah, always. 90% of Even the time. Even if they had to go without. Yeah, 90% of the time if there was something we wanted, we got it. Yes. 90% of the time. Yes. Uh um, I would agree with that. And I I would I remember and this this is a statement about money, right? Because it's it's different ways of teaching kids how to deal with money. Yeah. Sometimes you get allowance, which means you don't get money when you ask for it. Because mm. I've already given you money. Yeah. We didn't get allowance, but they took care of us when we needed something. And sometimes that even ventured into things we didn't necessarily need, but we wanted. I remember... 
being in the eighth grade. And I was doing track, track and field for the school. And a lot of my track teammates, I was running in relays, and all of my relay team had the same track spikes. Yep. I wanted those same track spikes. Now, I could have went and got any track spike sure. in order to compete in track and field. Our dad drove all over Houston to like six different stores looking for this specific track spike until he found it. Yep. After a full day of work, the day before I had a track meet, because my stupid self what didn't prepare properly to give them ample notice to try to find these track leads. Yeah. So I still learned the value of money because money wasn't something that was uber prevalent to me. Yep. But when I had it and we spent it, I remember it being like a pretty big deal. And so that's kind of the deal. And can kind of brings that up here Mm -hmm. right in jesus's words right yep when jesus talks about you can't serve two masters right Right. um you can't serve money and you can't serve god correct you have to pick one Mm -hmm. um and i love what he says here and we all know that quote so i'm not even gonna read it but um what he says here is more literally jesus says you can't serve both god and Help me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. But Mammon? Let me see. Mammon? 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 Oh, Mammon. Mammon. The word Mammon comes from the root Amon, which means something we put our trust in. Like a charismatic lover, money has the power to win our allegiance, the pull to make us lean on it for security and the capacity to convince us of its promises. In- Which, what does that sound like to you? Well, hang on. Before you get there. Okay. Interestingly enough, Maman is a word off of the Hebrew word Amon, mm-hmm. which is where we get the Greek word Amen, okay. which is where we get the English word Ooh, Amen, yeah. which means to be firmly rooted. Yeah. That's all it means. That is flipping it's- insane. You know, you know where the word actually comes from? Hmm. It's how you use, or it's what you call the tent stake being stuck in the ground hmm. that firmly roots the tent. That's super interesting. That's the root of Amon. That's super interesting because I, I think about this, and I never thought about it in that context. Honestly, I've never looked at the Greek of that either. That yeah, well, text, that's actually the Hebrew. But, or the yeah. Hebrew, but like... Um, it's a Greek text. But well, but a main in Hebrew, and, yeah. I mean, in the Greek, is a word that comes from the Hebrew, Amon. And interestingly, we don't even translate it in English, and that's why we call it Amen. Right. Because it's literal, and it's just, it is just, like if, if you're in church and somebody says something, you go, Amen. Really, like, all you're saying I agree, is I'm rooted in that. Yeah, like, all you're saying is yeah, I firmly agree with that. Yeah, that that's what that means, right? And so, yeah, it's it's a Hebrew word that, to our knowledge today, has never been translated. So okay, it it, it is always transliterated. Yeah, it has never been 
translated. So then where my mind goes with that, I've never looked at this yeah. until today, but never looked at the original text, whatever. We always talk about this in evangelicalism, and it's over-talked about, but this is where my mind went. Talking about money as a god, mm. as an idol, yeah. as something that we put before God, we put our trust in, we yeah. lean on for security. Mm-hmm. Well, it is to say, and th- and I've said this before, if I have all the money in the world... Okay, let's say I'm the richest person in the world. Is there anything in the world that would be known that a single individual could purchase and own that's off limits to me? No. Yeah. The answer is firmly no. If that's my existence in the world, why do I need God? Yeah. You ever asked yourself why it's so hard for Pharaoh to accept that Yahweh can do something that he can't well, in the Exodus narrative? Because remember, he has his oracles come up to do some of the same stuff that God can do. Yeah. You know why? Because Egypt's the most powerful empire at that time. And the Pharaoh is the wealthiest person on the face of the planet. And then that's a great segue into what Ken talks about next. About the need and desire for more. Mm-hmm. Right? He talks about Donald Trump. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. He talks about Trump. I forgot he talks about old Donald. He talks about old Don. And old Donnie boy. Don said, and Ken quotes him, and he cites it, and you can look at it. Old Donnie. Old Donnie boy. Our orange president or <laughs> said that <laughs> it's so funny. I, I'm sorry. I know we're talking about the 45th president of the United States, and I know it's a little bit disrespectful, and I don't mean it this way at all. But literally, literally, make his face a little bit more orange and give him green hair, and tell me he does not look like a Oompa Loompa from Willy Wonka. Tell me I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. Please forgive us. <laughs> this is not a, a podcast about politics. We've had a really hard day. It is. It is midnight. We've um, had a really hard day. Please forgive us. But yeah, it is eleven fifty-five, and I've been up <laughs> since five thirty. Uh, I've been up since uh, about five forty-five. Yeah. So um, <laughs> please, forgive little us. delusional at this point. I apologize. Um. Anyways, old uh, Donnie boy. Old Donnie said that he would not feel financially secure until he earned ten percent more than he earned in the nineties. Right, and that was a statement that was taken in the nineties from from his small loan of a million dollars. From his, his small loan of a million dollars, right? Yeah. And at this time, he was already um, almost a billionaire, I think. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And he said he needed ten percent more to feel financially secure, and so that's the deal. Which that comes back to another question about American policy and tax things and which we don't have time to get into and nope. that's not this podcast. Nope, nope, nope. But fundamentally 
in American society, you will never feel financially secure. Uh, no, because you, Ken's right. There's always the pursuit of more. There is always pursuit of more. But, uh, yep, that book right there. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, but it's because that is the way that our society has been set up. Uh, yes, the land of opportunity yes. is also the land where opportunity can be stolen. I say it all the time now. Opportunities are not given. They are created. Hmm. Which means that in order to create my opportunity, I must steal the opportunity from someone else because we live in a culture that is never satisfied and always in pursuit of more. That's right. And so I'm so happy with what, where Ken went from there. He started talking about Martin Luther. Um, and I love what he said here. Martin Luther once said, we are converted to Christ. When we are converted to Christ, we undergo three conversions. The conversion of our heart, the conversion of our mind, and the conversion of our wallet. In fact, the most concrete indicators that a person is genuinely experiencing the converting work of the Holy Spirit is that their relationship toward money is changing. Mm. Because it no longer becomes about my security is in my wallet, yeah. in my bank account. Yeah. My security is in the Trinity, yep. is, in, is in God, yep. right? And then you use your wallet to support the kingdom, right? Yeah. And, and, and that becomes a really hard thing for us to say in church leadership. Um, and it becomes a really awkward conversation, <laughs> But yeah. fundamentally, that's what we see throughout the narrative of Scripture, mm-hmm. right? And and what what um, Ananias and Sapphira, mm-hmm. um, Phoebe, um, not Phoebe, no Phoebe. Phoebe, Phoebe gives. Phoebe Lydia does give. Gives. Lydia. That's Mary where I was and going. Martha support Jesus. Um, when when you have this moment of conversion, and I hate that word, but. Regeneration. Regeneration is a better word. word. If you Uh, wanted that word. When you reach that point of restoration Mm, in Jesus, um, your wallet becomes less about supporting and supporting you and supporting than it is for supporting the kingdom. Well, and it's because you reach this place where you are in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Here's the deal. Hebrew poetry works in couplets. Okay. The Psalms, I don't care if you call them hymns or songs or whatever. Literally, and in the understanding of rhetoric and literary form and literary criticism, it's poetry. It's Hebrew poetry. And Hebrew poetry doesn't work in rhythm and rhyme or um yeah rhythm and and rhyme the way that english poetry does right think about whatever mary had a little lamb yeah. right rhythm and rhyme the literary word for this and the most prevalent way of english poetry is dynamic pentameter yep 
Hebrew poetry doesn't work that way. Hebrew poetry works in similes, or actually, Hebrew poetry works in couplets that have either a synonym or an antonym that stand in contrast or in conjunction with one another. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, follows the perfect form of Hebrew poetry because shepherds give everything their sheep need. Hmm. Sheeps don't want because they have a good shepherd. Yep. You don't need to feel secure in your money anymore because you have your security in the good shepherd who also, by the way, makes you lie down in green pastures. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, and so I kind of want to leave you with this. Jesus, so, and this is, this is Ken um, talking here, and he's quoting Jesus. And he says, Jesus, is, Jesus famously said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. If we want our hearts to tilt toward God, people and the things that, if we want our hearts to tilt toward God, people and the things that will last for eternity, we will choose to invest our hearts in those things. A rule of life that helps us wisely steward our money will free us to give our money to God and to others so that our hearts are given to God, to serving people, and to things eternal. So, listener, if you're not given to us, that's fine. If you're given to some other ministry, that's cool too. But what I want to challenge you with when you're driving down the road to work and you see that homeless person sitting on the side of the road, mm. that is a moment to use your money to serve the kingdom. Yep. Good news to the hungry is food. It's food. It's a McDonald's gift card. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I was going to work one day and just felt an impression from the spirit to give something to this homeless man that's always sitting there on my drive to work. And I didn't have anything in my wallet. And I opened my wallet and I ended up seeing a Chick-fil-A gift card. It had $5 on it. I gave it to him. And he and I had a really cool conversation. He was like, you ever had the chicken soup from Chick-fil-A? Isn't that so revealing though? I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I don't good. want to forget this. Go for it. Who goes to Chick-fil-A and gets chicken soup? I don't know anyone. <coughs> People that are cold. Yeah. People that are cold. People that have been through a hard time in the winter, and they just want something hot. Yep. Privileged people go to Chick-fil-A to get something that they can put the sauce on. They go to get the chicken sandwich. And the homeless man says, I, chicken soup sounds really good because I am cold. So, fundamentally, if you're not giving to us, that's cool. Because guess what? We believe that the good shepherd's going to take care of us. Yeah, I do think... We need help. Well, yeah, so but. obviously, the more you give to us, the more that we can do. And this is the way that I always try to think about it. If I take from a ministry, I want to give back to that ministry. Absolutely. So 
like yes, we would gladly receive your donations. We are we are a nonprofit. You do get a tax benefit if you give to us through our online link. Yeah. But for me, it's more I'm gonna read it. Um I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read it, but this is for me more so why it's important that you give. And it's because you're promoting the work of the kingdom. Yeah. And I will That's tell the you fundamental I, I'm a huge proponent of the giving, you know, five dollar gift cards to fast food places to homeless people. Here's the problem. Make sure you know where you're going to give those out because I did not realize this until I'd been doing this for like a year. I was going out giving $5 McDonald's gift cards to Tent City right under 59. There's not a McDonald's within like three miles of that place. Yeah, you got to be real careful. You got to make sure that there's actually a place where they can use it when you go do that. The, the place that I gave that guy that Chick-fil-A gift card was within walking distance of him. So here's why I think it's important that you give not just to us, but any ministry that promotes the kingdom work, because this is what the Lord says in Malachi three ten: bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Yep. If we believe God to be the God of provision, then we also believe God to be the God of abundance. Mm. And if I can just be real honest... When I look around the world, I experience a lot of death. Yep. I need the author of life to open the storehouses and pour out enough life that we can't contain.